Do you treat your business finances like the neglected stepchild? <laughs> that was the term that Carla Motes used that drew me to want to have her on. What is she talking about? How do we treat our business finances like the neglected stepchild? So we get into it. We talk about some specifics, like what should we use to track our finances? What's the first thing we should do? She really drills in the fact of coming back to our profit. We often, and maybe you'll realize this or you already know this, focus on our revenue. What is our revenue goal? How much money did we bring in? But we neglect what our profit goal is. What profit do you want to bring in in 2024? What is your goal for your profit? And then what do you do about that? How do you reach that? What things should you consider? So that's what we're talking about in this episode. Did you know that January is Go Month? G-O stands for Get Organized Month. The month of January. Now, you probably have some health goals maybe you're setting for yourself, maybe some organizing goals. Whatever it is, having been a professional organizer for 15 years, January is a big month where people refocus their attention and they want to get rid of stuff. They want to declutter. If that is you, I want you to know Organized Life Academy still is open for you to join until the first of the year. So if you are not in Organized Life Academy, it is getting your home and life organized in 12 chapters. And we're focusing this year on decluttering. We are going to declutter every area of our home and... We're going to have mindset focuses where we're decluttering our mind and really setting our mind up to create the organized life that we want to have. We'll have expert guests and quarterly projects. First quarter is organizing our health. And I have expert guests planned already. They're scheduled and we are going to focus on how do we organize our health? The second quarter, we're focusing on organizing our wardrobe and our closet And then the third quarter, we're focused on on organizing our paper. And in the midst of that, we're decluttering. So I tell you exactly what to do, but I want you in there. And we have this year for the first time ever an in-person event in April. You can learn all the information regarding Organized Life Academy at simplysquaredaway.com forward slash 2024, 2024. The other thing I want to say is if you're a business owner and you have not yet organized your business, getting it set up with systems, documenting your systems, organizing your computer, organizing how you spend your time, organizing your launch, all of that, I want to invite you to join us in Organized Coach Academy. That is my other program. In Organized Coach Academy, we focus on getting our coaching businesses organized on the back end. We will organize our mind, our computer, our assets. We'll we'll implement a business dashboard that's going to help you find every single thing you need in seconds. We're going to organize our time, document our processes, and organize our launch. Also, the bonuses include organizing your office. How many people need to organize their office? And several other things. So I want you to join us in that. And you can learn more about that at simplysquaredaway.com forward slash OCA for Organized Coach Academy. Okay, I think that's it.
Let's get into this episode about our neglected stepchild and see if you can relate to any of that. Are you ready to work less, feel more organized and productive, streamline repetitive tasks, and implement systems that allow your coaching business to run smoothly even without you? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Organized Coach Podcast, your go-to source for practical tips and solutions. I'm your host, Tracy Hoth, professional organizer, certified life coach, simplifying expert, and most of all, down-to-earth fellow coach just like you. No matter if you think you're missing the organizing gene, have ADHD, or just love anything organizing, I'm here to help you become an organized coach with a business that works for you. Pull up a seat and let's get started. Today on the podcast, I have Carla Motes, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation about our finances and organizing our finances. A comment that she posted that I saw is that we think about our finances or we treat our finances as the neglected stepchild. Is that how you said it, Carla? Yes, yes. A lot of business owners, and especially in the coaching space, I find that revenue gets all the love, revenue gets all the attention, profit is an afterthought, how much money I'm making is an afterthought, paying myself is an afterthought, and just even knowing where you stand each month is an afterthought. You know, the neglected stepchild finance and profit doesn't get as much love. So Yes. So welcome to the podcast, Carla. Why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us how you know all this stuff about finances? <laughs> Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. I am a fractional CFO and financial coach, financial consultant to small business owners, particularly women. Uh, my goal is to empower them with their finances. I have worked in corporate finance as a CPA, worked in corporate financial planning analysis, uh, been a controller for a $200 million line of business and a you know, Fortune 500 company. And I got my coaching certification a few years ago, dawdled around in a couple of different niches. And every time I would be on a call with people, you know, because of my background, they would ask me finance questions. And they kept telling me, like, you need to do this. You need to do this. This is what you need to do. And one of the things that really struck me as I worked with small business owners, and I would say especially coaches, is there was just a lack of knowledge about financial basics. There's a fear of the numbers. A lot of people, I think, who get into coaching, they get into it for kind of altruistic reasons. They really want to serve others. They want to help others. And sometimes I think profit, for some of them, it's a dirty word, or it's at least intimidating. And so they don't really pay attention to it, you know, especially in the coaching space. There's a lot of coaches out there that just aren't making any money. You know, Even once they're making revenue, they are spending every cent they make um, personal development or whatever. And so I feel pretty passionate about helping business owners um, and coaches in particular, you know, quit being afraid of their numbers, feel empowered with their numbers and start making money. Because if you have a business, I want to normalize coaches talking about profit and personalizing what profit looks like to them, because there's no profits, not a good number or a bad number. It's really personal to you. What are your goals? So. It's just good to have a number there. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you do, we, we, we accomplish what we measure. Yeah. And so if we're not going to measure profit. If we're not going to pay any attention to, if we're going to wait for our tax guy at the end of the year to tell us, we're probably not going to make much. So, yes. So I thought, okay, organizing our finances. When we think about that and we think about just starting with the basics, like what does everyone need to have in place? Well, I think there's a few things. One is, first thing is separate church and state. 
which is being separate business and personal. This is the number one thing I see, not just in the coaching space, but for a lot of new business owners, they have an idea, they go out and they just, you know, start putting things on their personal credit card. First thing you want to do is separate personal business. That means go out, create a business checking account. Don't overthink it. I'm in a lot of Facebook groups where I'll see posts, you know, trying to analyze what's the best banking <laughs> app. Mine's at my bank that I hold my regular personal account at, you know, but set up a separate business checking account. You don't have to have an LLC. I literally walked into my bank. It took me five minutes. So that's the first thing mm-hmm. I also recommend to, you know, when I say separate business and personal, I also recommend that you have, if you're going to use credit card, use a credit card that you're using just for business. It doesn't have to be in your business's name um, because, you know, to qualify for a credit card in your business's name, you typically need to have some kind of track history. It's typically going to be a, but it could be a personal credit card. So when you get one of those offers in the mail that says, you know, 0%, I got one today, you know, 0% APR for the next, you know, 12 months, grab that card and just use it for expenses. It's going to make your bookkeeping a lot easier. If you ever get audited, it's going to make your life a little bit easier. So separate business and personal, and then keep track of your revenue and expenses every month. This is one of the biggest things I see, particularly in the in the coaching space, is a lot of coaches have no idea how much they've made until they may know their revenue because maybe they can go pull a Stripe report. But to be clear, when I say how much you made, I'm also talking about your profit. They don't have any idea until the tax guy calls them at the end of the year. The tax guy. <laughs> Your tax guy calls and says, I made money, didn't make money. And, you know, if I impress upon coaches, one thing it is, don't wait for your tax guy, your tax girl, you know, whatever, to right. tell you at the end of the year in April how much you're making. You should know every month how much money came in, how much money went out, because it also, if you had a good year, you know, the the story you were trying to avoid is you had a really phenomenal year and your tax guy calls you in April and says, congratulations, you had a fabulous year. Can you send me a check for $25,000 to pay for your taxes? And they're like, what? I don't have that money. I spent that money on a mastermind or I spent that money on a group coaching program or I went out certification. The IRS waits for no one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So So, Carla, if you've separated your bank account and you're keeping track of your numbers, what do you suggest to do that in? Is there something you have that you like that's a favorite or a couple of favorites or what do you suggest? Yeah, There's a few different options and I can hit them quick. QuickBooks or there's another software out there called Xero, X-E-R-O. Those are your premier small business packages. I tell most coaches, those are way overkill for most coaches, unless you're doing a lot of volume or you have, you've gotten to the point where you're at three or $400,000 a year and you're really trying to scale up, you know, then those, those packages can be nice because you get full financial statements and you just have a lot more ability to track things on the opposite end. You can do a spreadsheet, you know, where you enter your revenue and your expenses, and you can do some formulas. I even offer a spreadsheet that I called Simple Financials that allows you to enter your transactions and it gives you some pre-canned reports. There's also tools out there like Wave. Wave is a skinny down version of QuickBooks. I know a few coaches who are using that. It gives you some basic financial reports. It doesn't typically require, QuickBooks will tell you you don't need to have accounting knowledge. But in my experience, when people who don't have accounting knowledge try and set up QuickBooks, usually two or three years later, they, in fact, I had somebody this year who came to me. She's like, I don't understand QuickBooks. I haven't updated it in months because I don't understand it. Wave is a little bit 
slimmer version. It doesn't have quite as much features. So you can use that. There's also applications out there like HoneyBook, which is basically a CRM type tool where you can manage your contracts and you can send invoices and you can get payments so you can replace Stripe and everything else. And it has a very basic accounting built into it. But um, at a minimum, when you first start, keep a keep a spreadsheet. And obviously with a spreadsheet, you're going to have to manually enter your transactions, where if you're using something like a QuickBooks or a Wave, they are designed to integrate with your bank and they'll mm-hmm. pull your information in for you on an automated basis. But the, the key thing is to have a system that's recording your income and expenses, because I think a lot of coaches, they think of their bookkeeping system as say Stripe. They can go in and run a Stripe report and they can see their revenue, but that assumes everything's coming through Stripe. It's all coming in one place. And you know, I know people have Stripe and then they have PayPal and and then maybe there's a couple other platforms, Shopify or whatever. But what that's not still not doing is tracking any of your expenses. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest mistakes also, I think coaches are making is because they're not tracking their expenses. They really don't know how much money is going out the door. And so they're, they're like, you know, I, I had a really good month, but where'd all my money go? The piece that's missing is you're not tracking your expenses anywhere. So, okay. What about YNAB? Uh, that was another one. Yeah. YNAB. Okay. Um, I know a few people who use YNAB. I personally use YNAB for personal. I don't use it for business primarily because I'm an accountant. And so when I look at YNAB, it doesn't give me the conventional reports, but yes, YNAB is another option that, that you can use to track. It, it at least allows you to budget your money because it requires you to allocate every dollar up front. So it definitely will get you some visibility to your expenses. The downside to YNAB is it's not, it's not going to give you full financial statements at some point, again, if you you, know, you get to that two three hundred thousand dollar range, you want to scale up. You're probably going to have to move off of YNAB to something you know that gives you a little more financial insight. But yeah, YNAB is another option. I probably put it in there with like Wave. Okay. Uh, yeah, I used QuickBooks for probably twelve years of my business, and I just made it so complicated that I avoided it every month, and I hated entering it. So I didn't look at it for several months at a time and then tried to catch up like twice a year. I think QuickBooks too, if you have employees like W2 employees, YNAB is not going to work for you because you're going to have to run payroll and everything. And that's where something like QuickBooks, even Wave has some payroll capability, but not a lot. When uh, business owners come to me trying to figure out what system they should use, because it's probably one of the most often asked questions I get. One of my first questions will be, do you have W2 employees? Because if you do, that's probably where you're going to want to go to something like like a QuickBooks. If you have contractors, 1099s, you can probably use you know, YNAB. But when you get into adding W2 employees, that's probably where you're going to have to step up out of a spreadsheet, out of YNAB, potentially even out of WAVE to something a little more sophisticated. But that's also probably the point where you're also beyond the DIY. Yes. They're DIYing their their books. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, you technically can DIY QuickBooks, but in my experience, you're better if you're going to QuickBooks, you're better to pay, you know, a few hundred dollars a month to have somebody who knows how to use QuickBooks and mm-hmm. you're outsourcing your bookkeeping at that point. I want to look at my numbers each month. So what's your advice or how do you recommend people look at their numbers? I tell everybody to set aside a finance hour every month regardless of whether you're doing it yourself or you're doing it with another service. If you're using a bookkeeper, part of their service should be to meet with you every month and go through your financial statements. What you want to understand is what is my income? You want to understand what is it costing me to deliver my 
coaching services. It's what we call cost of goods sold or cost of services delivered, because that is your direct and indirect cost before all of your overhead. And that's the first thing you want to look at. So what am I making overall on the, in, in income? What am I spending to service my clients? And then what is my overall money that's left on my net profit after all of my expenses? I actually like to look at that as a percentage of my income. Because so I tell people all the time, I don't really care how much revenue you're making. What I really care about is how much are you, especially as coaches or service business owners, because we're typically not positioning our business to sell it. We are our brand. And so the profit that we make in our business, the amount that we pay ourselves is ultimately how we're creating generational wealth or creating the lifestyle that we want to have. So I like to look at my income. I subtract all my expenses and my profit. What percentage does that number represent of my revenue? So what percentage of every dollar that I make am I actually keeping? Are you paying yourself? You know, that's a lot of things too. You know, when somebody says, yeah, I have this profit. Well, okay. Well, how much are you paying yourself? Well, that um, was my question. So is the percentage that you think about profit, is that include the, the amount that you pay yourself or is that part of your expenses? It depends on what form of business you have. If you are filing as an S-corp, you're required to pay yourself a salary. That's an IRS regulation. You have to pay yourself a reasonable salary. If you are filing as an LLC, which is what most beginning coaches are going to be doing, then your payments to yourself, it's really a draw. You're basically drawing out of the business. It's not an expense of the business. So it kind of depends on your structure. One of the things that I offer is people can hop on a call and we'll go through and assess the, the financial health of their business. And we look at things like, what's your profit? What's your cash flow? What are you paying yourself? And we can figure out for your form of business what those target numbers should be. Coaching is also a higher profit business. I mean, I tell coaches, if you're not, let's assume you're an S-corp, if you're not putting at least 40% of your revenue in your pocket between profit and owner salary, then let's talk. It could be upwards of 70%. My goal for this year is 50%. And I think that's another thing that most coaches that I talk to, they'll tell me, well, yeah, this year I want to do 300,000 or I want to do 400,000 or I want to become a six-figure coach. And then I'll say, what's your profit goal? I don't have one. So one of the very <laughs> best things you can do is set yourself a profit goal, whether that means you're doing profit first or you are setting an intentional profit goal. I ran a mastermind this year where everybody set an intentional profit goal and they all said it was a total mindset shift because it just causes you to be more intentional because that's usually if you're not making profit in a service business, it's usually because you're just not being intentional about how you're spending your money. What I've done in my business is I took a percentage of my revenue and put that away for profit. So I, I'm pretty sure that comes from profit first. It's a profit first principle. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's to take your profit, exactly what it says, take your profit first, because what most business owners are doing is they're taking their profit last. They're paying all of their expenses and then whatever is left, if they're lucky, they'll have profit. And in many cases they don't. So what you're doing is flipping that equation and you're saying, I'm going to decide up front how much profit then I'm going to take. And yeah, that's what I, that's basically the best way to do it. So when you say though, everybody set a profit goal, would that be bigger than that percentage? So it would be something to motivate you kind of like we set revenue goals. It would be a profit goal. I tell people, I don't really care what the number is. It can be 5%. It can be 70%. Okay. What I care about is the practice of setting the goal and making it something intentional. So for instance, this year I set a 50% goal 
but I've intentionally decided to make some investments in my business this year that weren't part of that number. And so my number is actually a little bit lower, but I also bypassed on a lot of other options where a, a class came up or somebody called me about a mastermind. And I was much more intentional about saying, okay, if I make that investment, what's it going to do to my numbers? So to yeah. me, it's just like paying yourself. It's the practice of saying up front, this is my goal, or this is what I'm going to target. There's a lot of coaches out there that are making, you know, mid six figures that still aren't making a profit. So oh. it's, it's the practice of saying, do I want to actually put money in my pocket this year. And there are certain cases where people won't. I mean, if you're a coach and you have a day job and you're okay right now with allowing most of your revenue to just be reinvested, that's one thing. Maybe you're a high income individual um, who is okay with actually losing money for a few years, but it's really about sitting down and making that intentional decision about, do I want to make money or not this year? And just getting intentional about it. Okay. So I'm thinking in my mind, if I set a profit goal, so let's say I want to make a profit of $50,000. That includes the money that I'm going to keep for myself. That really, even though I'm setting that goal, it still makes me have to back up from there, right? I mean, I need to make then, if I know my expenses are 40% of my business, then I need to make, well, if I was going to break even, I'd need to make 90,000, right? Is that correct? <laughs> Yeah, I actually advise setting your revenue goal first because it, it becomes, even when you say, if I know my business already has $40,000 in expenses, but do you need all $40,000 of those expenses? What what makes up that $40,000 in expenses? Yeah. Um, I, I met with a coach the other day who is losing money, who doesn't making a profit. But when we looked at her numbers, had it not been for almost $20,000 in personal development expenses, she would have made money. It's not that you're saying don't go spend money on personal development. It's that now sit back and say, why am I investing in personal development? What is the return I'm getting? If I'm going to invest in a $25,000 mastermind or a $5,000 coaching program, really, what is the return that I'm expecting on that? I think this the slippery slope you get into is when you say, well, I know my expenses are $40,000. Well, you know, separate out what I call your okay. core expenses, which are your things as a coach, things like Acuity and Zoom and everything, your, your, your expenses to run your business, separate those out from your personal development. And I actually advise coaches to take, in addition to putting a percentage, say in profit, allocate a percentage of your revenue to personal development costs. So that if your revenue goes up, you've got a bigger bucket for personal development. So you can at least avoid the personal development costs that just explode. Well, that's um, just it, isn't it? Coaches spending so much money on personal development. We can clump it all into that category, but that's what's happening. And we're kind of taught that up front. That's right. where investing in our business is, is we need to spend all that money. But if we want to have a profit, then we get to analyze, do I want to spend that amount of money? I mean, that's where I think we might block that out and just spend the money on that versus if we were aware of our goals and of our profit and aware of our expenses, we see the difference in there and say, do I want to spend that or do I not? And am I being really honest with myself about why am I doing it? Am I doing it because somebody's told me that that's just the natural next step? Is I'm doing that because I got a really good sales pitch from somebody who benefits from me spending that money? Am I doing it because we were talking like marketing isn't really my thing? Am I doing it because it's something that's not in my zone of genius? 
And I really know that if I hire somebody who's good, who is in their zone of genius, then I'm going to see a return for it. So again, a lot of it is about when we're making those investments, intentionally thinking about what's the return that I'm really going to get. And and I'm not saying don't invest in coaching or anything. I don't want anybody to think that. I had a coach last year and I consider that a key part of the growth that I've had. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, are you just making it blindly? Are you sitting down and saying, let's just say my revenue goal is a is a hundred thousand and I've decided I want to make a profit of fifty thousand. So that means I have fifty thousand dollars left to spend on expenses. So now it's okay, how am I going to spend that fifty thousand dollars? Do I want to spend that fifty thousand dollars on a coaching program? Maybe I want to spend that money on instead hiring a virtual assistant or hiring somebody to specifically help me with marketing. One of the most important things we do as business owners is we have a finite amount of financial resources. We're not backed by private equity and, you know, we don't, we're not Amazon. We don't have all these venture capitalists throwing money at us. So we have a defined pot of dollars and now we can intentionally think about how we want to spend it versus if we never had that goal, then I have a hundred thousand dollars I can go spend, (laughs) you know, and that's when you end up with, okay, I've made a hundred thousand dollars, but I still lost money or I made $10,000. And it's also about thinking about what your goals are. You know, what's the reason you want to make a profit? For me, one of my original reasons for starting a business is I'm a single parent. I have a a kid that's about to head off to college and it is not cheap. (laughs) One of my main whys for trying to control my expenses is who do I want to get that money? Do I want the money to go to her, you know, to pay for her college? Or do I want that money to go to expenses that have a soft return? Or maybe they're fun. Maybe the conference sounds really fun. Yeah. I get to go mingle with my friends, but what is the real return I'm going to get on my money? Well, I think that's what happens. And I talk to a lot of coaches who say, I have all the courses. I have all the stuff. I've joined everything. I've gotten all the certifications, but I haven't followed through is part of why they're like, I need some organizing because now I have all this stuff and I haven't done it. We know to separate the personal business and we know to have a profit goal. And to look at that, the last thing I want to talk about is what does it look like to sit down with ourselves each month? Do you have any advice when it comes to that? This is kind of like the foundations of finances, organizing our finances. What does it look like to have that meeting with ourselves and particularly looking at our numbers? And are there certain questions to ask ourselves or what do you advise? You want to sit down with an actual report. Mm-hmm. So using a spreadsheet, you're using YNAB, you're using QuickBooks, you want to sit down with an actual report, you want to see, okay, what income did I bring in? Where did it come from? If you have multiple offers, where is 80% of my income coming from? And then you can also ask yourself, am, am I allocating my time correspondingly? So if I have a product that's bringing in 80% of my revenue and another one that's bringing mm-hmm. in 20% of my revenue, am I spending 80% of my time on that 80% product? This that's is a what- great question. That's a good thing to look at. I love that. I think a lot of times if we have three or four offers, put 80% of your time into that offer that's making 80%. Then where, what are your expenses? You know, where are you spending your money? I talk about core costs, which are the costs that you would have to run your business. If you have a website, email marketing system, Zoom, your basic core business expenses, mm-hmm. how much percentage of your revenue is going to those? What percentage of your revenue is going to personal development costs? And then look at those personal development costs. What did you actually get out of that. So let's just say you enrolled in a $5,000 marketing program. What have you actually done to your point earlier? Have I just listened to the videos? 
Have I just listened to courses? What have I physically done to get a return on those? Mm-hmm. Uh, what percentage of your costs are going to contractor costs? One of the things we'll often see too is people will invest in, in help maybe too early. Do I have enough money really to fund, say, three months of a contractor's cost? But get a real good feel for where is your money going. And then I also encourage people as coaches, we're doing a lot of subscriptions where we're paying a monthly fee at least twice a year, go through all of your subscriptions, make sure you still need it, get a feel for what all your subscriptions are. One Um, of the things we have in the Organized Coach Academy, I have a spot that we have set up in one of our KPI documents to have a list of all the subscriptions and the dates that they renew so that I can just glance at that and see, oh yeah, I'm still in that one. I meant to get out of that or, oh, that's coming up. I know the date that it's renewing. So I love that being able to see what I'm actually spending the money on. Well, you also mentioned KPIs because you you want to understand your basic financial numbers, but you also want to understand your KPIs. Pick five to seven KPIs that that directly impact your revenue and your expense and be tracking those and be looking at how they tie directly to your revenue and expense. And depending on your business model, it might be different. If you are totally a one-on-one coach, then it might be number of offers made, might be something you're tracking, and then you might be tracking consults, and then you might be tracking my conversions. But if I am somebody who's more funnel-based, who is selling a group coaching program or a membership, then you might be more interested in tracking things like click rates, open rates, uh, launch metrics. So think about your business model. You want to have probably five to seven key metrics that are not necessarily financial metrics. And then of course, if you set a revenue and a profit goal, you can look at where am I at versus my revenue goal. One of the things I like to do each month is looking at my metrics, looking at my financials, Looking at what I've accomplished during the month. Mm-hmm. What did I accomplish this month? When you look at all that, ask yourself what went well and really celebrate the things that are going well. Celebrate the um, gains and not the gaps, but then ask yourself what didn't go well and then what do I want to change going into the next month? So again, an hour, sit down, get to know your numbers and ask your bookkeeper questions. If they can't ask your question, You've probably outgrown them. It's also not unusual to outgrow your bookkeeper. Bookkeeping is a lot like coaching is there's no um, regulations for it. So, I mean, a person can have never taken an accounting class in their life and they can put their shingle out tomorrow and say, I'm a bookkeeper. So even be finding a bookkeeper who's experienced, who specializes in online businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. This is so good. I love the questions that you asked and the things to look at. So I'm going to put together a little summary of that. So Carla, you have a page on your website of free resources. I think you had mentioned two or three to me that people can go to and get. Yeah. If you go to www.carlamets.com forward slash resources, you can pick up a cash flow guide. There's also a guide to making more profit. And there's also a guide to understanding the basics of your financial numbers. Oh, I love it. Have any of those. Okay. I'm going to go grab those now. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here. And it's so fun hearing the the inside scoop of you seeing all these businesses, seeing what coaches spend money on. And, and then really just some really simple steps to get the basics down and to organize our finances. So I really appreciate you being here. And you have a podcast. Yeah, I do. It's called Purposeful Profit. We talk specifically about creating more money and more profit in your business. 
Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me, Tracy. It's been a pleasure. Wait, if you're finding this podcast useful, you must check out the Organized Coach Academy. It's my course where I walk you through every step to get your business organized, to get yourself organized, to save money and time, to prepare to hire someone, to do all the things that you want to do in your business with ease. Check that out at simplysquaredaway.com forward slash OCA. Also, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but... I would love it. It's my way of knowing that you're enjoying the podcast if you leave a written review. I have lots of freebies for you. They're linked in the show notes. You can find them in my bio on Instagram at Tracy Hoth. And until next week, have a beautiful day.